Hey, aloha, howdy doody, how's it going? Wherever you are and however you say it, hi, I'm your host, Ashley Noel, and thank you for listening to my show, Steps to Self-Worth. I'm a self-worth coach, a former California crisis counselor, an unpaid comedian, a poet, rapper, a public speaker, and if that's not enough, I'm also a wife and a mom. This is not a faith-based podcast, but I will be sharing a little bit about my faith and the role it played in gaining my self-worth. On my show, I'm going to teach you tangible strategies to gaining your self-worth, help you learn a new perspective, and ultimately, you're going to learn your individual value and worth. Say what? You can't put a price on that, folks. (laughs) I use my personal poems to talk about body shaming, porn addiction, violations of trust, seeking validation, living like a victim, social media, selfishness, getting rid of toxic people, and so many other issues that hold us back from knowing our worth. So first things first, hit like, follow, subscribe, or whatever button it is that allows you to be notified when I post another life-changing episode. Aside from the podcast, where can you find me? I'm on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Coach Ashley Noel, or my website at www.ashleyspeaks.net. Until next time, thanks for listening. And I'm Ashley Noel, and I approve of this message. Hey, this is Coach Ashley Noel, and thanks for listening to Episode 9, Locus of Control and Your Victim Mindset. Okay, so today it is May 27th, and I just wanted to document that I finally went and ate in a restaurant. I went to this uh, Mexican place, had this bomb chimichanga. It was like nothing ever stopped. It felt so good. I went out with my mom and my friend, and it was just amazing. It feels so good to finally get back out there. I hope that if your area is starting to open back up after this crazy pandemic, that you are starting to venture out and feel life and experience it again because we have missed so much and it has really taken a toll on our mental health. I know there are so many of you who suffer from mental health issues, especially depression, and you're feeling extra isolated and struggling a ton more. So to tie that all in, I kind of wanted to talk about locus of control and your victim mindset. So many of us live in the victim mindset and it's very detrimental to us. And a lot of us even know what that is. But what is locus of control? So raise your hand if you know what locus of control is. Okay, now raise your hand if you just raised your hand and then realized I can't even see you, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Whether you know what locus of control is or not, I'm going to be tying it in with two other um, areas, self-esteem and self-efficacy. We're going to take it back to the days when I studied psychology in school and go way back to basics. So let's start with self-esteem. Self-esteem is like regarding your respect or regard or respect someone has over oneself. Um, and you can have a low self-esteem, but have high self-efficacy like perfectionists, for example. Perfectionists are very critical and they can have negative self-talk, but they also can feel very capable of doing certain things, which leads into self-efficacy. 
So self-efficacy is the belief in one's capabilities to organize or execute the course of action required in certain situations, also known as the ability to succeed. So your self your self-esteem is the respect you have for yourself. And then your self-efficacy is the belief in your ability to succeed. Okay, so when we take your self-efficacy and you have the ability to believe in yourself that you can achieve these goals, there are two different stems of self-efficacy. There's the strong and the weak. The strong have high self-efficacy and the weak have low self-efficacy. So in order to kind of categorize the strong, I like to use the word RISE as an acronym. So R stands for recover quickly. People who have a strong or a high self-efficacy recover quickly from negativity or from failure or from not being able to produce something the way they thought they could okay so there's recover quickly then there's i in rise for interest then it goes to s for strong because these people are are very strong they're very capable of doing multiple things at once they're capable of trying new things and putting themselves in uncomfortable situations And then E, to finish up the RISE acronym, for enjoy. Because people who have high self-efficacy tend to enjoy more situations than not, even if they're not doing well at it, because they, they believe that they can succeed at some point or on some level, even if the overall project or whatever it is you're working on does not succeed. Okay, so that's strong. That's the strong self-efficacy. I'm curious if anyone is already starting to see like, oh, that's me. You know, I recover quickly. I'm interested. I'm strong and I enjoy what I do. Okay. People with weak self-efficacy have with low self-efficacy. I like to use the word fall and it stands for fail, avoid, lose, and lack because they tend to focus more on the, the negative They're constantly failing, so they avoid other tasks or things that they don't think that they can accomplish. They dwell on losing, and therefore their their self-worth and their self-efficacy start to lack. And they think that there's something lacking within themselves, and therefore they're not able to see themselves being successful. Okay, now to locus of control. And if it doesn't quite make sense yet, just hang in there. We're going to wrap it all up, I promise. So locus of control. Locus is location. So we're talking about the location of your control. Your locus of control is your perceived control over events in life. Okay, so for example, you have two different types of of um, control. You have your internal and your external. Your internal is what you attribute results to 
is when you attribute results to your own traits. And it comes, you think that your outside, your surroundings, and everything comes from your own actions. It's when you are accepting blame and responsibilities for your actions. We are external is when you blame outside sources or, um, or things or people. So when you have internal control, you tend to be a lot happier because you're taking control of your life by taking accountability for the good and the bad. So let me give you an example. If you have internal control, let's say you are playing baseball, then you don't, you don't, um, maybe you don't hit the ball one round. <laughs> one round, that's terrible. One inning. <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend to know a ton about baseball. I'm just trying to make an easier analogy. <laughs> So the person with good internal control would say, you know, I should have worked more on my batting. Whereas if you have external control and you like to blame outside sources, you would say, um, that was not my fault. That pitcher sucked. Another example. If you, there's the, let's just name this person, um, Billy. So Billy doesn't have a very high-paying job. He's single and doesn't make that great of money and doesn't have a ton of hobbies. Okay, so Billy is stuck with this external control. He thinks he doesn't make a ton of money because his boss doesn't see his worth. He, he doesn't ever get raises because nobody's recognizing his time that he puts in. So he's not trying hard anymore. And he, he doesn't like who he works with. He's just, he feels like he's just in this very stuck negative environment. And other people are getting raises and other people are getting things. And it has zero Zero to do with a reflection on him, but it's just maybe because other people are getting favorited. Okay. Billy is also single because, of course, he's such a great catch. Nobody, no girl can understand that. They're not seeing who he really is. They're superficial. Maybe they think he's ugly, and he's only ugly because of who his parents are, and that's not his fault. And it's not his fault that people aren't attracted to him and that he can't get into a healthy relationship or any relationship. And then there's hobbies. Billy doesn't have any hobbies because he wasn't born gifted, and he was never able. It was so hard for him to develop talents. And nobody stuck around to show him how to do certain things. Everything is just put off on other people. His life is not going wrong because of his own choices. That is his external control. However, if you learn your locus of control, whether it is internal or external, you can learn how to change it, how to rewrite it. So now let's say Billy focuses on his internal control. In order to do that, let's go back to his job. So instead of him saying, I'm not getting raises because I'm, there's favoritism and nobody's recognizing the extra work I put in or the hours or the job just isn't very high paying. 
Instead, he switches his mindset and he focuses more on getting recognized for the work that he is putting in. He spends maybe an hour a day or an hour a week looking for other high-paying jobs where he can feel valued and where he's interested in what he does because you have to like what you do. When you like what you do, you're more successful. So he starts putting in the time for a new job. And when he finds all these results of other opportunities, when he finally gets a job interview, he is much more confident in himself and therefore he lands a high-paying job that he is content with and that he actually enjoys. And he presents himself in a much better, much more confident way, therefore earning more and more, more recognition. When it comes to relationships... Billy is no longer saying, boo-hoo, me, I'm ugly because of my parents. He's saying, this is, the, this is the body I have. I know that there's somebody out there for everybody. I know I'm attractive. I know the great qualities I have. And therefore, he's coming across as more confident and less sulky and less in that victim mentality and therefore, he realizes, hey, women are attracted to confident men. And he's able to maybe go out on a date. And that gives him some more, more and more confidence. And then he realizes, hey, if I reach out to women, I can get dates. Instead of thinking that they'll just come to him. Okay, so there's so many different ways where if you switch your mindset and you change your control from your external to your internal, that you can flip your life around. You can become more positive. And when you switch your locus of control, your self-efficacy, your belief and your ability to succeed will get higher and stronger you will be able to tolerate and take accountability for any fails or any weaknesses. And you'll know that that's just what happens and that that's okay. And that's something that you now learn from and can grow stronger from and can now just push forward knowing that, oh, there was a bump in the road. Instead of trying to blame other people and knowing that, well, I can't possibly do this because someone's always going to come in the way. Something's always going to happen. People are always out to get me and poor me. Okay. And when all of those things happen, your self-esteem go up. You have more respect for yourself. You take care of yourself and you know that you deserve more and that you're, you're capable of getting more for yourself and not just waiting for other people to wait on you and give you help and do all these like pity parties and just waiting for other people to pick you up and take you places. You have to take charge and take control of your life. So reason I talk about locus of control because especially right now in this pandem pandemic, it is so easy for us to play the victim role and just say, well, we're stuck at home. A lot of people have lost our job, have lost their jobs. You know, we're stuck here with the kids. There's no school. There's no playgrounds. There's nothing to really do. 
So we start to mope around and we start to get depressed and we start to just feel like everything is out of our control. And while that's true and mental illness is very real, there is still so much in our control. There's so much we can do. What about creating new activities at home? What about putting your phone and turning off the TV, like putting your phone down and turning off the TV and spending quality time with your kids? What about giving them attention that when you work, you don't normally get to give them? What about learning about them, their favorite colors, their favorite food, what they like to do and play with? Who are their friends? Talk to your children. Get to know them because now is the perfect time. You have this time, rather you asked for it or not. It is what is given to you. So how can you use this time to build yourself up, reconnect with others, and find more self-esteem? more love for yourself. So according to Dr. Tracy Marks, there are five ways to recognize your victim mindset. Step one, everything is negative or has a negative tone to it. Life isn't on your side or you've been dealt a bad deck of cards. Does that sound familiar to you? Do you feel like, oh, life's just not fair. I've been I've had this rough life and it's all out of my control and out of my hands and I've just been dealt this bad deck of cards and it'll never get better. Okay, is every situation negative for you? Okay, step two in recognizing, ask yourself, you ask yourself why a lot. Why does everything have to be hard? Why can't people leave me alone? Why can't people just understand me? Why is this happening to me? Why, 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 why? Are you constantly asking why? Step three, you mull over things a lot, aka you're ruminating. So why should I even bother? I never seem to get blank. Um, or you're just replaying things in your head. You're, you're focusing on the negative and you're not even letting, letting things go or giving yourself a fighting chance to press forward, to focus on the positive. Number four is you don't think very highly of yourself. So maybe you think you're damaged goods. Maybe you think that you've already been through so much trauma, so many um, trials in your life. You're this bad deck of cards and things will never improve because they haven't improved yet. And you don't like yourself. You don't see things going anywhere good for you. And number five, your first emotion is anger. Maybe you resent people's gains, like when you see other people succeeding, and that makes you angry because you're not succeeding. You're not going anywhere, and that's very frustrating sometimes when you feel like you're stuck in this rut and everyone around you just seems so happy, especially with social media. That one is really hard because on social media, everything is fake. 
Everything is staged. Everyone acts like things are perfect. Their marriage is perfect. Their kids smile and stand patiently in photos. Their house is always clean. The cookies are never burnt. And everything is great. So sometimes it's really hard to um, not compare your lives. But are you resenting other people for that? Because you shouldn't be. So, or, you know, it's like, why does she get that? And I don't. So is your first emotion anger? Those are the five ways to recognize your victim mindset. I'm going to go over one more time really quick. Number one, everything is negative. Number two, you're asking yourself why a lot. Number three, you mull over things or you ruminate. Number four, you don't think very highly of yourself. And number five, your first emotion is anger. So luckily, Dr. Tracy is amazing. And she also gave us the five solutions to break that victim mindset. So if any of those are resonating with you and you're like, oh, that's me. Check. Oh, check. I do that too. Oh, oh my. Turns out I think I'm a victim and I've been playing this victim mode and blaming other people or this pandemic for how crappy my life is right now or because I'm it's not going anywhere or it hasn't for years or you know maybe so many people take on the victim mentality after abuse after trauma they think I don't deserve better I deserve this I brought this on by myself I chose to date or be with this man or this woman who abused me me, 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 me. Why, 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 why? Instead of saying, instead of taking accountability and, you know, recognizing that a lot of traumas or abuse, it's not your fault. It, nobody, nobody ever um, deserves to be abused. It is your abuser's fault. It is your abuser's problem. And it is something that they chose not something that you chose. So it, it's, let's learn how to start breaking these cycles. Um, step one, build confidence by creating small but achievable goals. So when you start to set goals for yourself, maybe let's say you start out with a, I don't know, a little puzzle and maybe it's only 100 pieces. Well, you get the 100 piece one done. And so then you set a goal like, okay, well, if I can do 100 pieces, I can do a 500 piece puzzle. That is something achievable. That is something you know you're capable of because you've already accomplished a smaller puzzle. You like puzzles. You can sit and work through it. There's maybe not necessarily a time frame on when you need to get this puzzle done. But when you finish that 500-piece puzzle and you have something to physically see, like, this is done. I did this. I worked through this. It doesn't matter how big or how small it is. That feels so amazing. It just gives you this huge boost of confidence, like, booyah, I just did that. You like that? You like this puzzle? Post. Put that on social media. Everyone look at this puzzle. Anyone who comes in my house, look at this puzzle. I did that. That's mine. It just makes you feel so good about yourself. So set small achievable goals. 
and move forward and you'll gain confidence. Okay, step two or solution number two. Let's call them solutions. I like that. Solution number two, victimization breeds neediness. So give to others. I really like that she says that. She says victimization breeds neediness because when you are in victim mode, people are always giving you like pep talks and you're always like, why me? And you just, you get like pity parties and you sulk. And it's just, it's very exhausting for especially everyone around you. If you've ever been around a negative person a negative Nancy, you just, uh, you can only take it so much, no matter how much you love that person. So give to others when you, that's something we learn a lot in our church. Actually, we are very, um, service centered. And I realized when I start helping other people, I feel so good about myself. And I'm always thinking like, I don't have time to make this person dinner. I don't have time to give this person a ride somewhere. I don't have time to stop and pick up groceries for this person or whatever it may be. Uh, Sometimes for me, it's really hard to get that service act going. But when it when it gets going or when it's done, I always feel so good about myself. And I'm like, yes, I went out of my way. I did this for this person. And look, it turns out I had the time. I just needed to switch up my priorities. So if you focus on others and you get by giving and you can become someone else's hero, it makes you feel amazing. And when you when you can give to other people, you start to feel good about yourself and see these good attributes and maybe talents or things you haven't done in a while and just recognize that you are capable and that people want you around. They need you around. They desire you and you, you're helpful. There's more than you, more to you than just the negative that you, you believe so deeply. Okay, so solution three, a gratitude list. Gratitude lists are fantastic. Um, A lot of therapists and life coach suggest them at the end of every single day when you're laying in bed before you fall asleep or whatever it is, um, you you can open up a a notebook app on your phone or you can handwrite or whatever it is you want to do, a little voice memo, and just write down. I like to write down the date. Um... Also, it helps keep me on track and be like, oops, haven't done this in a couple days. My bad. So I like to write down the date and then I like to write down at least one thing that I am grateful for that happened that day. One thing. So if it is, you know, today I made my daughter smile because I put my phone down and I finally played with her LOL dolls with her. And for me, that's like, it's just weird. It's kind of annoying. It's like, I don't want to play Barbies or dolls with you. It feels awkward because you make me talk about these weird situations like, oh, let's go horseback riding. And then we're using like a a dog because we don't have any fake horse toys. <laughs> it's just like a lot of imagination that has to go into it that kids are very natural at. And over time, I've lost that imagination. And so it's like, oh, I dread it sometimes. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm so grateful that that is something 
I ended up doing. I spent that time with her. We got to live through these hilarious scenarios and it made her smile and it showed her that she was important. Solution four, get closure on past hurts. This one is super important. You need to forgive yourself and to forgive others. And sometimes that takes a therapist, a life coach, or talking to somebody you trust and um, who's knowledgeable about the things that you've gone through. But you need to get closure on the things that you're still hurting from. And sometimes you don't know what you're hurting from until you start talking about a specific situation. Um, I highly, highly, highly recommend EMDR therapy. It is life-changing. It stands, it's like um, eye movement, desensitization, something. That sounds terrible to not know what it what it actually is. I don't really remember. But what you do is this is therapy where you are holding things in your hands and they're, um, they're vibrating left and right, left and right. And it connects the left and the right side of your brain, the logical and the emotional side, while you talk about a very specific trauma. And because traumas were acting on the emotional side. And so when you do EMDR therapy, you're finally learning to look at the logical side of things. And you can rewrite the ending so that you are in control of that situation. So that it is no longer hurting you and harming you in ways that maybe you just don't even recognize. It is very, very powerful. I highly suggest looking into it. Solution five, take ownership of your decisions. So whatever you choose to do, own up to it. Be like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. And if people don't support you, then it's time to limit contact with those people. So it's time from here on forward to wake up every single day and choose to be more positive. To choose to focus on your internal control. To choose to set these achievable goals and go after them. And if people stand in your way and if they're not there to support you, bye. I don't need you. Sometimes I know that's hard. You can't always just say goodbye to people. Maybe they're a spouse or a parent or a family member or an annoying kid. I don't know. Whatever it is, I know it's not easy to just cut people out, but you can limit your time around those negative people, people who aren't on your tribe, your squad, who are lifting you up, cheering you on, who are excited for you, especially when you are in a victim mindset. Victims love other victims because misery loves company. It's, it's that simple. When you're miserable, you like to be around other miserable people and you guys all sulk together. That's not productive and it's not going to get you anywhere. We're all, all guilty of doing it. I'm super guilty of doing it. Sometimes it's like, I want to be in my feels. I want to have a pity party. I want people to just recognize that I'm hurting or I'm upset. And that's okay. You can do that for a short time. Recognize those feelings and then say, okay, I'm choosing to move forward. I'm pressing on because this is not going to define me. 
This is not going to hold me back because I am capable of a happy life. I am deserving of love. I am choosing to recover quickly, to take interest in other things and to be strong and to enjoy things and rise above it all and ultimately have the highest self-efficacy and the highest self-esteem because all of that plays into our self-worth. When we love ourselves and we believe in ourselves, we go forward. We keep trying. We get back up no matter how many times we fall. It's amazing. It is amazing. Uh, my favorite quote by Marianne Williamson is, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Ugh. I just love that quote so much because it's so true. Sometimes we're too afraid to move forward. We don't know the right steps. We think that we need these big grand gestures or people to help us. And that's not always true. You have what it takes inside of you. You need to find it. You need to shine that light and look within yourself and choose to make the, the proper steps for a better, happier, more successful life. Stop letting other people or outside sources bring you down by giving in to them. You deserve so much more. You really, truly do. So here's a challenge. If you think people are always giving you pep talks, you may be in victim mode. I want, I challenge you to apply one of these steps and see what changes it makes. See if by creating small goals, giving to others, having a gratitude list, um, getting closure on your past, and taking ownership of your decisions goes. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. Move forward. This is Coach Ashley Noel, and I approve this message.